that beautiful parental love that changes the way you see you, you know it, I know it, there's something precious about it and transformative, something that happens to the parents when this extraordinary gift and invitation comes into their life. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Last Sunday's Gospel was about the transfiguration of Jesus. Today, Father Pat McGrath reminds us that transformative love is still alive in our world today. There was a, I thought, very funny ad campaign, I don't know how long ago, on television that was for, uh, it was a series of ads for a diaper company. I don't normally pay that much attention to diaper commercials, but this one was so funny, and there was a series of them that uh, I took note of it and thought it was really pretty ingenious. You may remember it, it was where they were trying to contrast the way uh, parents are with the first child as opposed to the second and subsequent children. <laughs> one of my favorite ones is, uh, it begins with a mother interviewing a woman as a potential babysitter and nanny. And the woman says, and she looks perfect for the job. She looks like this wonderfully mature and put together person. And she says, yes, I have 10 years of experience. And the mother says, yeah, but no PhD. <laughs> and she says, no, but I have a master's in early childhood development. And then the mother says, while putting a teddy bear on the table between them. You don't mind if I record all this, right? <laughs> In the next scene, you see the mother, and it says, second child. And she's got a kid on her hip like this, and she opens the front door, and standing there on the threshold is a young woman who looks like she had just come from a rager somewhere. She's been out all night having a heck of a time. She looks a little lost. And the mother just hands the child to this young woman and says, he likes to paw at jewelry, so you might want to get rid of the nose ring. And she keeps going. <laughs> Second child. The implication being that something is at work in new parents that maybe shifts or fades with experience in all of it. In another one, two mothers are sitting on a bench in the park presumably with their children playing out here, and the one mother is just scrolling on her phone, and the other one is looking out, and she says, I think your kid is eating sand. And the woman, without looking up from her phone, just says, probably. <laughs> Second kid, it says. There's something about new parents that is infectious and beautiful. The, the enthusiasm, the transformative love that you can see in them for this first child they bring into the world. They're funny even. I've had my nephews and nieces sometimes present their children first child as if this is in fact the first child <laughs> ever and certainly the finest. There's something lovely about that great, great deep affection and attention that they pay to that first child. And I don't think the ad campaign is trying to suggest that they're 
worse parents on the second, third, and subsequent kids. It's just things change, and the reality is a little different. I'm the youngest of four. My three siblings were utterly convinced that my parents had totally given up on parenting by the time that I had come along. Maybe they had. But it's interesting, this contrast they want to make about the different manifestation of that love for the child, that beautiful parental love that changes the way you see. Nobody looks at a child like their parent, nobody. And they see something different and more throughout their entire life. You, you know it, I know it. There's something precious about it and transformative, something that happens to the parents when this extraordinary gift and invitation comes into their life. I was thinking of those moments of parents with new children, first children, second children, second child, third, whatever it might be, when spending some time with today's gospel of the transfiguration. It's a powerful and important story, of course, for us that packs a punch that theologically couldn't be clearer, but it also gives us a glimpse. We get to see the love of a parent, if you will, manifested in this, this moment of Jesus with Peter, James, and John. Theologically, the thing is set up, of course, to show us that the fulfillment of everything that has been waited for is Jesus. We're told that in this vision on the mountaintop, Moses and Elijah now appear with Jesus, representing the law and the prophets, the long-awaited word of the prophet, fulfilled here in Jesus. And so the theological teaching that, want, that the gospel author wants to do here is to make sure that we understand that in this great revelation to Peter, James, and John, there is a clarity of who Jesus is. He's the one you've been waiting for. He's the one that Moses and Elijah and all the other prophets spoke of. He's the one that the law was intended to protect and guide the people so that they might be ready for the arrival of this Messiah, the law that articulated the covenant between God and God's beloved people. And so the theology couldn't be clearer that this is about who Jesus is, but there's something more in this, because in addition to a grand theological proclamation is this beautiful, tender moment. Oh, it, it sounds perhaps in the way we hear it as the, the booming voice of the Creator, the booming voice of God the Father. But I'm not so sure it sounds like that. We're left to imagine precisely what it sounded like when Moses and Elijah were now gone from the scene. Peter, James, and John stand there dumbfounded. And the voice of God says, this is my son. Listen to him. It is a theological proclamation, but it is a tender moment between a father and a son, a parent and a child. That awe-filled love that we can hear in the words. It echoes the words that Jesus hears at his own baptism. You are my beloved son. You please me so. 
at these moments of great clarity, a moment on a mountaintop, a moment of smoke and fog, a moment of revelatory light, a moment with Moses and Elijah, all of it goes away, and it's just Jesus and the one who sent him and a tender proclamation of a parent's love and the missioning of this son. Don't miss it. Don't, don't miss the tenderness here and don't miss the relationship that gets revealed to us in a new way because all of it, the whole thing, this whole Christian project is rooted in this extraordinary and overwhelming truth that like Peter, James, and John, we stand dumbfounded when we consider it. And it is this, in our baptism, in becoming part of this community we call the Christian community, the Catholic Church, we have been grafted onto Christ in the words of St. Paul, but it's more than that. We've been invited into the very life of God. The God that we've come to know as Father, Son, and Spirit. The God that we've come to know better as a community of love, the lover, the beloved, and the love that binds and emanates from them. Mystics and poets and saints and theologians have tried to describe it in the language of philosophy and music, and always we stumble to grasp at the depth of this truth that you and I have been invited into the very life of God. And the least wrong way we've come to describe God is as this community of love. God is love. And so like those parents of the firstborn have everything transformed and inspire awe in presenting this child to the world, so too the father on that mountaintop to the friends and followers of Jesus presents his son, the son who's come into the world. And just before this passage in the gospel, it says, after he had spoken these words, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up the mountain. After he had spoken what words? In other words, what Jesus has just said before this passage requires him now to take them to the top of the mountain for a clarification that in fact he is the one they've been waiting for. And what is it that he said just before these words? He said this, the Son of Man will go to Jerusalem and be killed to rise on the third day. He said to them, if you want to be my followers, then pick up your cross daily and follow me. He said to them, if you really want to get the life that God intends you to live and to lead, if you really want to live the life and receive the life that God wants to share with you, you have to learn how to let it go. You have to learn how to give yourself away in love and in compassion, in mercy that mimics the mercy of the God who created you. If you really want it, if you really want what God offers, then you have to learn how not to, not to cling to the things you've been given, but to hold them lightly and share them generously. Your time, your talent, your attention, your life. If you're going to be my followers, he says, pick up your cross, follow me. 
and to make sure they understood who was telling them that this is in fact the revelation of the one you've waited for, he takes them to the mountaintop. And there he stands alone after Moses and Elijah have left. And the voice of God says, he's absolutely right. Listen to him. Listen to him. Lent is a 40-day forced pause. Lent is a retreat we insert into the madness and the chaos and the worries of our lives. Lent comes to us as an invitation to be reminded of this central truth. He is the one we have waited for. He is the fulfillment of the promise. He has invited us into the very life of God. And like Peter, James, and John, our vision needs to be changed. Because if you're his companion, if you're Jesus' disciple, you don't see the world like everyone else does. Because what you see is sister and brother in everyone. What you see is not enemy, but someone I've been invited to love, no matter how difficult and impossible it seems, because we see like those, like those parents of a newborn, entrusted with life, praying that that life might give glory to God by the way it's lived. And so it is for us. We've come to the mountaintop today to be reminded of that truth, that you are the beloved daughter, the beloved son of God, that you are grafted onto Christ, that you have your vision changed to see the world anew, to see all things new in Christ. And we've been called in this season to ponder in some new way what God is inviting us to see and to do and to be today. Because we've come here this morning to worship the God who makes all things new. We've come here because we've staked our lives on the God who brings life out of death, light out of darkness, hope out of despair. We've come here this morning in our own limping and imperfect way to hear yet again this. He's my son. Listen to him. You're my daughter. You're my son. Live that truth in the world. May we know the grace to do that in our corner of the world, this week, this land. Time now for announcements and events. The Encounter Faith Sharing Space is a growing group of Encounter members who meet on Wednesday evenings from 6 to 7.30 p.m. In collaboration, we select books, podcasts, and articles designed to explore and deepen our spirituality. All are welcome. We hope you'll join us this Wednesday in the Rectory Kitchen at 718 West Adams. For all the details, please visit bit.ly slash encounter dash faith sharing. Please join Encounter and Old St. Pat's community members throughout the season of Lent for an evening of Holy Hour Eucharistic Adoration on Wednesday, March 16th, Wednesday, March 23rd, Wednesday, April 6th, and Wednesday, April 13th, from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. in the church. For additional details or questions, email ekelly117 at gmail.com. Are you looking for ways to give back or volunteer this Lent? Then be sure to check out the upcoming opportunities to volunteer with the Greater Chicago Food Depository. For all the details, 
please see page 7 of the March 13th Crossroads publication. Are you looking for meaningful work or interested in making a major career change in order to find purpose? Then join the Career Transition Center for the Finding Work Without Losing Heart event on April 22nd. For the past 25 years, this retreat has helped people find purpose, encouragement, and hope they need to persevere in their search for meaningful work. Content touches on the personal, emotional, and even spiritual resilience found in change, growth, and regeneration. Participants may find that understanding transition helps them to engage better in their job search with greater confidence and hope for a positive outcome. To register, please visit ctcchicago.org. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday, March 13th by Father Pat McGrath. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Podcast.